Well, meeting number three. Hallelujah. I always get fired up of my own preaching. So this is the best version. <laughs> I like my own preaching. Ooh. Well, good afternoon to you all. Um, I'll just show you a, a little pictures just to share a little about what we do in Holland and what God has done in our lives. This is a very, very nice. You can keep to the first one, please. Uh, the crowd. It's gone. There it is. Oh. This is a, a Greek field in The Hague, very famous lawn where there's much going on. This is 1958. T.L. Osborne having a crusade in Holland. And he started off with a, a few thousand people and it ended with 100,000 people. And it was a, a really revival broke out. Churches were started, missionaries went through the whole world. And this picture is very uh, dear to us because it's in Holland and it's the last big wave of revival we had. But also because I could point him out, my dad is standing just in front of the platform listening to T. Osborne. We've got this picture like very big in our building. Yeah, almost this big as you see it right now on the, on the screen. That's how big we have it in our building. And my, my dad would be there every night. He came out of a reformed church and he would be there every night because he didn't know anything about signs and wonders. And I asked him, there's so many people. How could you be there every night just in front of the platform? What would he do? He would go early, but there were already people. And he would go back of the, of the platform, crawl underneath the platform, come out and say, yes, there I am, just standing in front of Teal Osborne. <laughs> That's a sign of hunger, of longing for more. So, and, and we are passionate about proclaiming the King of God and training us to do the same. That's our, that's our mission statement. We go for the kingdom and training others, discipling others. And I stand here, we stand here because of that. And, and never forget that don't make small what God can do through you in next generations. The seed out of you might be something you never have imagined. And I really stand here because T. Osman came to Holland and changed the direction of our lives. And my parents became missionaries, uh, went to Bible school in England, and even afterwards went to Belgium. I'll get back to that. And I was born in Belgium <laughs> as a mission kid. Next picture is about a day we opened up our building and we had leaders. These are Baptist leaders, Reformed leaders, uh, Vineyard, uh, Compassion Organization, many different organizations, and we, and church, mainly churches, we long for renewal in the church. And we led together, we had these doves going up because we believe in the work of the Holy Spirit renewing the church. And we really, really, really believe that we will be part of it. It's not just a dream like, no, we're getting closer every day. And there will be a renewal and a revival in the church in Holland. So if you want to be part of it, connect with us. Yeah? <laughs> Uh, next one is about uh, leader, uh, young people. We train a lot of young people in our full-time Bible school. This is the uh, 16th year we're doing this. So training young people, they will live with, in our building for a year. And we'll take care of them. In the weekends, they go home so they can be connected with their church, but we take care of them. Next one is about leadership. We train a lot of leaders, entrepreneurs, businessmen, pastors, elders. We mix them together to learn from each other. And we do a lot of stuff with uh, young leaders as well, children's ministry leaders. My wife has made a training uh, on that one. 
We have a monthly miracle service. That's the next picture. Uh, we've, we've just celebrated. We do this the first Sunday of the month, an evening, and we've just celebrated 10 years of doing it. And you see just a, a picture of a woman get out of a wheelchair and, a, and kids praying in our ministry team. We try to involve people, and it's so nice to do this and to see the power of God but also train people to pray for others, not just the one minister, but the teams and the people being uh, really encouraged in doing it. The last one is the books we have. We have we've written quite a lot of books. You'll need to speak in tongues to translate this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. The, middle, the one in the middle, in, uh, Kinderwerk, is like children's ministry, Karen wrote. And uh, we wrote, we've written together as our team so we just share and give away what we, God has given us. Thank you for helping me out with that. That's just a little bit out of who we are and what we do Royal Mission. We've been on the road for 15 years. And it's an honor, real honor, Simon and Caroline. I thank you. I thank King's Arms for having us and really enjoying this time together. Thank you. One, the one person clapping. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love you. Life and abundance. If you would go to an inhabited island on your own and you could take one book out of the Bible with you, which one would it be? Psalm. Psalm. Proverbs. Nice. Very intelligent. Ooh, good. Sorry? James. Oh, James is one of my favorites as well. Not many people call call James. So, Isaiah. Matthew, the gospel about the kingdom. Peter, Romans. He thinks, I'm on my island, I can start studying. Let's do it with Romans. Yeah, there's so many answers and so many favorite portions in the Bible. But if you ask this people, like to many, many, this question to many people, the most answer, the answer you get the most is Psalms. And that's, in a way, it's strange because it's not about theology. It's not about history, wars, and things going on. It's just about life. Psalms is about life. Poems and songs about where you are in your heights and your depths, in your winning and in your losing, in your health and in your sickness, in every situation. And in a way, the book of Psalms is the story of our lives. Psalm 1 starts, we all, most of people know Psalm 1, that blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. Yeah, nor is not, does not walk in the council of wicked. <laughs> this is a very different translation. <laughs> Lord, Lord. It does not walk. <laughs> nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sits in the seats of scoffers. It's like walking, standing, sitting. It's a way of stop. Your life stops and gets to, some, to nothing. But the other way is it starts there with roots and it grows and it grows and it goes up and it moves up. And it's like a tree. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. That's not just an encouraging psalm. That's God's words about all of us. 
at the start of life, if Psalm 1 is the start of our life, you have a decision you can make. Will you go for yourself and try to do? It will be a road that's going down. But if you plant yourself in the waters of life, your roots within God himself, you will be like a tree and you will become what you were ordained to become. Because the seed, the DNA is already in you, what God has planned for you. So if you just walk that walk, you're always living your destiny. Destiny is not something far away. It's there being at the season where you are in the identity God has given you. That's destiny. We sometimes in Holland think about destiny as something I have to reach for and I hope I will get there. But a tree of three years old, and if it's this big, is in its full destiny because it can't be bigger at that time. It's a tree like this. In five years, it should be there. But if it, it's just growing, and the fruit will come later, the big fruit, but it's t- full time in its destiny in the time and season that it is. But we're all planned to bear fruit and to prosper. In all that he or she does, he will, or she will prosper. That's what God says about you. If you live the life God has planned for you, if you walk in the destiny God has predestined for you, you will be fruitful because he will put in you longings that fit with the longings he has for you. Because if I'm intimate with God, my mind and my longings will change according to his, to his will for my life. And I will start asking things he has prepared for me. And if I start asking things he has prepared for me, he will answer them because that's what he wants for me. So I will be prosperous. You get the picture, That makes life unique. Every life is unique, but it will all be like a tree. And then you go through all these psalms of eyes, and we win, and it's glorious. And you have these psalms you can only cry with. And you weep about others who are very successful, and you have nothing. And or you lose, or you're sowing, and nothing is coming up. But it ends, and it comes to Psalm 150, which is the last one. How does it end? Great, nice, good church, strong people, good teaching here. Praise him in the sanctuary, praise him in the heavenly in his heavens, praise him with the harp and the tambourine and the triumph. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is not only the history of man, it's the history of God. God says, this is what I have planned for man. And man will go through all these things. But at the end, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So Psalms is about our life. And it's about God's history. What is your favorite Psalm? 23. 23. 139. Oh, you know me, Lord. Yes. 125, this kind of bingo, eh? Do I have my card ready? <laughs> yes? 91, under the wings of the Most High. You were, sorry? 27, ooh, that's a nice one. 51, oh, that's a, that's a heavy one, eh? By David and Bathsheba, ooh. 139, man, you're, you take Romans and Psalm 139. Wow, that's it, man. <laughs> You're ready for your islands. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we all have our favorites and psalms, but the most famous one is the one is called out first one, probably Psalm 23, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we know it by heart, but do, you re- do we really live it? The Lord is my shepherd, 
I shall not want. A shepherd is always taking care, is always present, is the one who feeds, is the one who supports. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's nice to see that Jesus is taking those words and applying it to himself. John 10, verse 10, it will be on the screen. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am that good shepherd. Psalm 23. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. If I read this scripture, John 10, verse 10 in Holland, many people think about prosperity, about money, about finances. And in Holland, that's an issue like we are very Calvinistic in Holland, in the churches. So finances and things always something difficult. And say, oh, John 10, 10, it's about finances again. If you put this text and use it only for finances, you narrow it down to something that's part of it, but it's just a small part of it. If Jesus says, I came to give you life and have it abundantly, it's the opposite of what the thief is coming to steal. He's coming to steal. The Greek word is klepto. You have kleptomaniac. Yeah? That's someone who's not able to not steal. The devil is not able to not steal. Don't get mad at the devil that he steals. It's his nature. Get happy with God who will give you back what you need. Yeah, The devil steals, kills, destroys. That, and what does he steal? Not only your finances. That's just one means we use. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to steal your relations. He wants to steal your health. He wants to steal your job. He wants to steal your house. He wants to steal anything that you have. And opposite to that, Jesus says, but I have come. Everything he wants to steal, I want to give you life and have it abundant. God is able to give you more than the devil can ever steal. He's better than the wickedness of the Satan. God is so good. If we go to the first miracle Jesus did, what's the first miracle he did? What did the wine? What did the wine? We all know. John 2. He made a lot of wine and made it very good. Yeah, he made it quite a, it was good one. It was, there were six jars with a, um, that could hold 20 to 30 gallons. I had to look that up because we use liters and so on. You people are strange. <laughs> Inches and gallons and all these, you, you, you drive left. In heaven, it will be right side, yes? Just to be sure. Please adapt, otherwise we have crashes in heaven, and it shouldn't happen there. <laughs> 20 to 30 gallons, say it's 25 gallons, six jars, that's 150 gallons, that's 900 bottles of wine. Who's got that in his basement? Hmm? If you have it, I'd like to know you. No, sorry. <laughs> so, and it is fantastic wine. So it's not, it's, the amount is big, quantity, but the quality is also big. That's what Jesus does. He wants to give a lot of high value in every area of your life. That's who God is. It's special to see that, G, that John, the writer of this gospel, is putting this story back to back with another story 
that's also in the other three Gospels, but the other three Gospel writers put it at the end of their Gospel. But John is the only one who puts it at the first miracle. Do you know what story it is? So there's the story of water in one, and then there's another story. It's about the money changers in the temple and the people selling animals in the temple and Jesus taking a whip and throwing it out. Why does John do that? Very different from the three other gospel writers. He does it because abundance of Jesus is a lot of high quality and we think if we make an economic system, we will have things done. But it's not an economic, in the, in the temple, in the area where God is, it's not about economic, it's about, it's about God taking care and provision. It's not about building a system that we will have enough money and think if we do this, we can gain some. It's not about economics. It's about supernatural provision in every area. The message is not only a lot of high quality. The message is also it's not economics in the kingdom. It's so different. God wants to do a different thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus says, Everything the thief comes to steal, I'll give you back. I'll give you life and have it abundant. Let's go to the start of creation. God starts creation in the first, first days with separating light and darkness, the heavens and the earth, and water and land. And then he starts creating plants and trees. Do you have any clue how many different trees we have on earth? 60,000. Yeah, I would have guessed it myself as well. I would come to a thousand maybe. 60,000 different kinds of trees. How many plants? 380,000 different plants. And if you go to a, a kind of plant, there's different sorts or different, how do you say different? Varieties. varieties, yes. If you go to the fern, you have 12,000 varieties. It's like... Why is this necessary? We'll never see it. Even if you go to a museum or some kind of park, you will just see a small, very small portion of all things God created. It's like overkill. Why? If, he, if God, the moment God created stars, he didn't say, let's do a thousand. Or let, let's do 100,000. He did, he let, I, I think he, he did this and, oh, millions, billions. It was like <laughs> billions. We will never, nobody on earth will ever see those stars. Nobody. If we, if we would have named 10 or 20 and we would have named it, it would be easier for us. There's 10 stars, that's the names, but there are billions. And we think, European thinking and, and westerly thinking is like, what's the purpose? What's the goal? But with God, it's not about the goal and the purpose. It's about his character. His character is, there's more than enough. Yeah, but it has no goal. That's more than enough. But we will never see it. That's more than enough. I'll create some more. Because there is always more than enough. And the, the goal is not, oh, then I just have enough. No, the goal is to get to know the character of God. The character of God is, I am your shepherd. You shall not want. But, but I don't understand. You don't have to understand. Trust me. I am your shepherd. There is more than enough. I make billions of stars just to enjoy myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. And then he starts creating this garden and puts in Adam and Eve and says these words, Genesis 2, 16. You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, 
But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. I don't know, have you, have you ever envisioned paradise, how big it will be? I don't know how many trees there were. But how many trees do you have in your garden? We have one, three, five, somebody, a thousand? No. Now, so, 1,600. Let's do a camp. 1,600 trees. I don't know how big paradise is. Maybe close to that. I don't know. Paradise was... <laughs> Let's go to paradise. Oh. I don't know how many trees, but in my mind, if we don't look out, in our mind, it will be a small garden because of texts like this. But you can't touch it. Oh, there will be 10 trees, but that one out of 10% you cannot touch. I believe there must be hundreds of trees. Because all these animals come by and Adam has to call out their names. This is a lion. This is a goat. This is a donkey. This, God gives him all the animals and he can name them. So if all these elephants and all these animals come by and they have to relive it and take dominion over it, it's not three trees. It doesn't take a lot of time to, do, to take dominion over three trees. There's a whole garden with more than 1,600 trees. <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> So if there is so many trees and God says, this one you shouldn't touch, shouldn't eat from, there's still abundance. And then the devil comes. The snake comes. Genesis 3 verse 2. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? What's the question? Did God say, you can't eat of any of all those trees? The abundance God gives will be always questioned by the devil, like probably you can't do anything. He will point your focus on things that don't happen and God will put your focus on things that you have. We will look at things we don't have and no means, no materials, no people, no this, no, no peace, no relation, things are going wrong. And God said, what do you have? And I will multiply that. That's the story through the Bible. What do you have? And I will multiply it. Because I'm willing and able. Because I am abundant. I make billions of stars. Why? Because it's my nature. That's who I am. That's who I am in every season of your life. So we need, maybe you need, we all need a change of thinking, of perception. Because if we think about God in a small way, we will ask small questions. But if it, our mind changes and we believe in a God who is more than enough and abundant, we will ask bigger questions and God will be able to do bigger things because he wants to answer our questions. I've, I've had a, quite a fight with this because I was raised as a mission kid. We lived in a family in Belgium and the clothes I wore, the clothes I wore were given by people from Holland. I've never met them, but Holland, it was a Dutch family, or few families, their kids would wear clothes, and then they would put them in a bag, send them to us, and we as missionaries, we could choose. I would wear always second-hand clothing. Not always my measure, my right fit, not always the right color, not in time, and not the taste that I had. I had a great childhood. So it was, but, I remember not really liking it, but something happened in my mind like this is what happens when you're a missionary. 
things, there, it was like a miracle. There was people taking care of us, but it was just enough. And that thinking made us, that when we got to Bible school, I went to Bible school, and there Karen came also to Bible school. She kind of ascended from heaven. <laughs> there she came, and Bible school was such a good time. <laughs> I learned so much about her. <laughs> We've been married for 30 years. And after Bible school, three months after Bible school, we got married. <laughs> yeah, I even proposed to her. We couldn't, we couldn't date at Bible school. There was a rule because you have to focus on Bible study and training and, and not on girls and men. So folks, no dates. But yeah, if we couldn't date, I could still ask her to marry me. <laughs> so I asked her and we got married three months after school. Mm, cool, huh? <laughs> we find a way through the regulations to get married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thinking back of that was great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bible school. And then after Bible school, we went to this village uh, 50 kilometers away. Um, that would be miles, would be something else, but I don't bother. Uh, 50 kilometers away. And we lived in the village and we started a ministry, Karen, mostly with children, children workers. And I were teenagers, teenage workers. And we went to schools and, and we did great stuff. And we did that for 11 years. Our kids got, were born there. And in those 11 years, God really took care of us. People gave us money. We were really, really living out of gifts, people supporting us. We had envelopes through the door, like on the right moment. We had bags of food in front of the door, and I still, we still don't know who did it. But through those 11 years, 80 or 90% we were in red. Financially, not enough. Oh, the end of the story is God took care of us. But the road was very bumpy and very tough. And when we started Royal Mission 15 years ago, we said to each other and to God, if you, we started from scratch, nothing, just the two of us, with a vision for the whole church, with a message, a gospel from the kingdom. We said, Lord, we will go. We will live from gifts again and people support us, but not as it was. And we needed really a change, a change in our mind. And God did it. Because if you think small of God, you ask small things. Oh, and God is good. But I am your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want is something else than living for 80 or 90% in red. And I'm happy with the miracles. But a miracle solves a problem that isn't there in the blessing. A miracle solves a problem that's been taken care of in the blessing. That's something to think about. If you have a family with struggles amongst men and wife and with your children, God can do a miracle and bring peace into your family. That is a miracle, and we're thankful for miracles. But in the blessing, God will give you a happy family. That's what he does. Oh, you can be sick and God can heal you through a miracle. I love miracles. We love miracles. King, miracles are part of the kingdom. But in the blessing, you don't get sick. Ooh. And that's quite the thing. But, and here, oh yes, God had God given, a, given a breakthrough in my job, in my work. But here, there's plenty of places to work. 
There's, there's places to go. Here you have to fight for a prophetic word to know what God wants you to do. And at the blessing, there's so many dreams and longings from God that you know what to do. The blessing will take care of something that we need a miracle for to solve. And I love, we love miracles and we need miracles. But when God starts to move and his character flows, all those things start to work in itself. But yeah, I love the miracles, but God wanted to change my mind. And a friend of mine invited me to go with him to Afghanistan on a trip. And uh, I went with him, trained his people on healing, uh, 15 people, just leaders of different uh, areas. And then we flew back. We flew to Dubai and from Dubai to Amsterdam. And we had a night over in Dubai in a hotel. In the morning, we would go to the airport of Dubai to fly to Amsterdam. And he said, we need to go early. I need to uh, take care of some stuff. So we went to the airport. And at the airport, he left. We were a group of four. He was one of them. And we had our boarding, boarding pass ready. And we had to fly out. And it was almost time to fly out, but he didn't return. And just before we had to board, he came back and he said, Martin, give me your boarding pass. I said, I want to go, I want to go home. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. I said, you give it, trust me. So I gave my boarding pass, and all of us did. And then he changed it for a boarding pass for a seat in business class. That night, God spoke to him, buy a business ticket for all four of you. And God gave him a prophetic word for all four of us. Why to do that? He invested 1,500 euro per ticket, 6,000 euro, because God said, buy business class tickets. And because we were, it was, he did it just before we flew, we didn't sit together. We sat in different places. So I sat on my own in business class. And before he gave, he gave me the card, he said, why do you give it? He said, Martin, this, this is what God is telling you. You want to give everything you have. You give it away till you have nothing left. But you can't receive. You can't receive from me. And if you are able to receive more from me, you will be able to give more. He said, that's why you have a business ticket. I stepped into the plane and I sat down there and I looked at and I started crying. And the steward came to me, do you want coffee? Yes, I want coffee. <laughs> you want some food? Yes, I want food. He said, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. I cried my heart out the whole flight. But during that flight, God changed my heart and my mind. And it takes too much time to tell you, but I could tell you tens of stories what God has done since. How God has supplied in so, so many ways. It's incredible. Our whole ministry, our team, the people, the buildings, the steps, we said, the open doors. It's, it's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. But it, I needed to change your mind. Because so many times we look at what we don't have. That's what the devil says. You probably don't have that. But Jesus says, this is all I have for you and I'll give. And whatever has been stolen, I'll give it back to you. It even changed my mind that I dare to ask God a question I never dared to ask him. We've been in ministry quite a while. And I, we always drove second-hand cars. Good cars. Stable cars. But second-hand. And I'm not into cars like this brand or that, but I'm, I don't matter. But it should be a good car that drives. But then it was just uh, two years ago, yeah, just over two years ago, that I asked God, God, would you give me a brand new car? 
I almost whispered it like, can I ask this? God, will you give me a new car, brand new? And it felt like something changed, had been changed on all these years. And then I did, but if you are my dad, and you know that I've given everything I have, and I've, I'm happy with that, but at least once in my whole lifetime, I would love to drive a brand new car. And I thought if my daughter would ask me that in that way, and I know her life, I would try to take care of it. Even though I can't pay it, but I have no way. <laughs> but he can. So we started praying. It was, I said 2022, I think it's 2021, I started praying. Praying, and we sh- I shared with Ken, I wanna, I'm praying for a new car. She, says, and she almost said to me, in the end, you did it. That kind of took some time before you dared to pray it. Because she was already there. It took me some more time. So I prayed in and prayed in and waited for it. And some things happened, but not really the breakthrough. And it was tw- November 21, 2021, that a businessman asked me to go and lunch. He said, ah, you're building, make, go and start to build a new auditorium. I would like to talk about it, maybe help you a little financially. So we're talking, I took all these drawings of this new building we were building, and I put them on it, the, and we had lunch. I said, do you want to see the drawings? No, I don't want to see them. But, but, but you want to talk about a building? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I'll do 25,000 euro. It's good. It was like it didn't interest me. But then we started talking about life. I said, I don't know you very well, but I read a lot about you, and I read this and this, and I honor you for who you are, and the, the offers, the sacrifices you made for the king. I know that you didn't have a house for one year. We slept on the ground for a year. It was very, but he knew. And because he told me, he touched my heart, said, you know things. Well, how do you know them? Because no many people know all these stories. And then I shared with him, do you know what happened in my heart? For the first time in my life, I dared to ask God for a new car. Then he started to cry. He took his cell phone. It was in November. He said, you can see it. On October 18th, God said to me, make an appointment with Martin and give him a new car. But he couldn't say it. He was not allowed to say it before I would mention that I was praying for it. So there I did a step I didn't dare to share it with him. And he, and and the end of December, last week of 2021, we got a brand new car. Wow. And just for the record, I don't have to fly every flight on business class. That's not the aim, although I like it. (laughs) We could take up an offering right now. Online, you can use the QR. No, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. It's about the change in your mind, that you are open to, to that God is able and willing to do much more than you've ever seen on every area of your life, because He is the Good Shepherd. You shall not want. Jesus says, "I am the Good Shepherd. I will take care." What the thief tries to steal, I will pay you back, life and have it abundantly. To end with one verse, Matthew 6, 33. Most of you will know, but you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The picture of a shepherd is many times used in the Old Testament as a picture of the king. If the prophets speak about the kings who are bad kings, say, you bad shepherds. So the Lord says, I am your shepherd. In a way, he says, I am your king. And you shall not want. 
And if we seek that kingdom and his righteousness, all the other things, all the other things, the things we bother about, the things bring sorrows, things that are a weight upon us. If we put that weight on him, he says, I will carry it if you will take care of my kingdom. That's quite a thing. Eh? That's what he did in Genesis 1, 26. I, I will make man into my likeness in, in like us and you will have dominion. Take care of the earth. You can call out the names of the animals. It's yours. I created it, but you do it. But do it in a way that I should do it. That I want to do it. And if you do that, all the stuff, all the sorrows, all the things you worry about, I will take care of because I've taken care of it on the cross. Focus on him. I'll end with the story just to... It's such a nice story to just kind of picture this to you. It's a few months ago, I went to our snack bar in our little village to buy chips, not fish and chips, we don't have that in Holland, <laughs> chips with frikandel and croquette. Pray for it what it is, yes? <laughs> Some meat stuff. So there we go to the snack bar, and there's little shops around, there's people running, walking, and, and having chats, and so it's busy. And I go with, my, with our youngest daughter, Lot. And Lot is a special need kid. She's 25 years of age, but, and mentally she's five, six years of age. And she's always happy, always full of Jesus, always encouraging. She cannot get mad, so she's funny. And she go with me, and we make it joyful. Like, we're going to buy these chips, and I'll say fish and chips just to help you. Fish and chips. And, and we are in the shop and snack bar, and we're talking about it. Then we go out, and just when we walk out, in the middle of those people, there's a young guy who comes to us. There's two sitting on a bench, and one comes to us and says, uh, Sir, I hear you, you have healing meetings. I say, Yes. I say, I have this problem with my muscles at the back of my legs that hurt me so much that I had to stop my training for the military where I would like to work. That has been my dream for all my, all my life, to work in the military. But now I have to stop. Is there a healing meeting where I can go to? Well, with my fizz and chips in my hand, all things rush through my mind. I can pray for him, but this gets, gets cold. <laughs> I can send him to a healing meeting for a son of the month. Then my fizz and chips is still eatable. But then I have to make a decision because I feel the urge. Pray for him. So I put down my fish and chips, and I think, okay, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> and then I start praying, and I think like, okay, a little bit of shame. There's many people, I'll pray very softly. But my daughter has no boundaries, <laughs> has no shame. So I said, Father, will you touch him? Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! You are going to touch him! Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> so the whole crowd is watching what's happening over there so we just pray and i think oh lord let go of the fish and chips let go of my shame it's just your kingdom and i pray for him and afterwards we say goodbye he goes to his friend and I'm, i've never seen him but never seen him since for the record god doesn't honor you for your success he honors you for your obedience Amen. heaven will not ask me how many people did you heal but he will say, did you lay hands on the sick? Did you do what I asked you to do? So we go home with our fish and chips that are almost cold. We get home. And you would think we are mad about the fish and chips. But it's the other way around. We celebrate the joy that we prayed for a guy in the street. Because the kingdom is much more beautiful than fish and chips. 
much more beautiful. Liz Lord came in the house. Mom, she came. Karen, we prayed for someone. I know his name. I, she was all fired about it. And I said, yeah, here's the fish and chips. And we started talking. And we ate some fish and chips, lukewarm. <laughs> but it didn't bother. Because if you focus on the kingdom, he will take care of the rest. And the joy of the kingdom is much more than what the devil can ever steal from you. A few months later, a friend of ours said, we visited a friend who is a friend of this, as a friend of that, who heard the story and met this boy. He was healed and is in military. God did the miracle. I hope you sense something tomorrow of the goodness of God. He is really so much more than billions of stars. Why? He can't do it else. That's who he is. I would like to pray for you all. The band can come and people who are involved. I would like just to pray from our, here over the people who say, I need a moment you had in that place where your mind is changed. Where God takes away poverty and small thinking and think of what you have, what you don't have instead of thinking of what heaven has in store for you. We are all trees planted in the flows of living water. And if whatever we will go for, according to the calling upon our life, God will supply and you will succeed. The calling on your life is already prepared in heaven to succeed. To be fruitful. To be a blessing. And if you feel like I need a change in my mind, I need a miracle to think in another way, to, to focus on the kingdom and let go of my sorrows, would you please stand? I'll pray for you. And don't feel bothered to stay on your seat if you say that's already finished or I, I lost my moment. That's okay. There's never, never condemnation in the kingdom. There's always invitation. There's always invitation. Thank you, thank you, thank you for standing and reacting this in this way. Also online, if you see this right now or later on, I hope you react and your mind can be transformed. Would you please pray with me and just say the words after me so we in unity can ask this and speak this out. Dear Jesus, here I am. I need a breakthrough. A change in mind, a change in the way I think. I want to focus on you, on your abundance. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. You are more than enough. I want to focus on your kingdom, the abundance of heaven, the answers you have, the peace you give. The joy available it's all in you thank you Lord for renewing me and bringing me into a place of abundance so that I will dare to ask big questions and you will give big answers in Jesus name Amen and in the name of Jesus, I break every darkness over you, every mindset of poverty, every mindset of lack, 
every mindset of scarcity in the name of Jesus. I pray upon you, upon your family, upon this church, that there will be more than enough in every area. Peace, let peace like rivers come in Jesus' name. Let relations be restored and be abundant, be multiplying. Let people come to Christ just like that because you have paid the full price in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for abundance in finances, in health, in, in security. Lord, in mindset that there will be abundance in every area of what we are, what we do, what we plan. Father, I, I, I liberate all those dreams you have for us, all those destinies planned for us, all this DNA planned in heaven. Lord, let it be fruitful. Let us all be trees planted in you and bearing fruit in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that this church will be a place where there's always time, where there's always blessing, there's always joy, there's always an open heart, there's always a welcoming, there's always power, there's always healing, there's always peace, there's always food, there will always be love for people, there will always be an open heart that is bigger than the need in this world. You let our hearts grow, Lord, under the power of your Spirit, in Jesus' name. I bless you, and we bless your name, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, let's applaud Jesus. Come on, for His goodness, for His love, for His greatness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless you.